Good morning. And welcome everyone to this wonderful day. Our opening words today are from Howard Thurman. Uh, the story is told that author Gil Bailey, who wrote the uh, Humanity at the Crossroads, asked Howard Thurman for advice. Something was worrying him. Howard Thurman stated, don't ask what the world needs. Ask the world, I'm sorry, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go and do it, because what it, the world needs is more people who have come alive. I'm so glad that everyone is here today, and okay. Excuse me today, I'm just a little nervous. It's a big day. <laughs> Our opening music today will be, no, no, one minute. Good morning, Wes, and a special good morning to Casey. It's wonderful to be with you today. Uh, as I mentioned before, the theme of becoming our next best selves really resonates with me and a daily ongoing journey. So I'm excited to be sharing music and have a beautiful morning. This is a song called On My Way. It's inspired by the nature of pilgrimage, of journey, of moving forward and becoming more of ourselves. On my way, oh, I'm on my way. Many miles I march or fly, nature's call to obey. If I roam or I stand still, I must heed my spirit's will ever on my way. Oh, I'm on my way. On my way. Oh, I'm on my way. Many miles I march or fly, nature's call to obey. If I roam or I stand still, I must heed my spirit's will ever on my way. Oh, I'm on my way. On our way. Oh, we're on our way. One by one, following the sun as we work and we play. On this road to the promised land, the journey home is who I am ever on my way. Oh, we are on our way. We're on our way. 
Love guide us on our way. I'd like to invite Joe London up for our statement of purpose. You look surprised. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> No, I don't. I'm sorry. Does anybody have it memorized that wants to say the statement of purpose today? Hi everyone. Let me take my mask off. Is this the beginning? The Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We warmly invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. Am I going to? As Joe lights the candles, we can read the candle lighting words. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. Hi. I think we should have some pictures of doors up here. Yeah. Anybody have any ideas about what might be on the other side of that door? Yeah. Oh, I can't hear you. Uh, that was a good idea, wasn't it? Uh, can't, uh, can't hear people. That's fine. Um, I'm not going to go off of this platform. I've been told to stay right here. But in another time, I might walk around and hand you the microphone. So. Ever see a door and just wonder what is on the other side of that? The door is so pretty or so strangely located. Maybe it's a weird size. It's not a door that you expected. And you think, what on earth is going on in there? 
Any of you know the story, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Yeah. It's a story about a door that goes somewhere you didn't expect, right? Lucy goes into the wardrobe and finds that there is actually a whole other world in there. A lot of the thresholds in our lives are like this, right? A lot of the changes that happen, a lot of the crossing that we do is walking through doors real or imagined and not necessarily knowing what we're going to find on the other side of that door right starting to go and having really no way of knowing where we're going until we're at least halfway there the door of a community can take us down a pathway of growth that we might never have expected you step into a classroom and your mind is expanded Maybe you make friends who you wouldn't have known if you had never stepped through that door. Sometimes we walk through a doctor's office door and life is never the same after that visit, right? We're living with a hard diagnosis or something that means we have to change something dramatic about our lives. Maybe you step into the door of a restaurant on a first date and a lifetime of love comes after that. Maybe you pick somebody up and take them to a hill and a lifetime of love comes after that. I don't know. Sometimes the door closes behind us and a beloved person leaves our life and there is heartbreak on the other side of the door the door to a library, a dance studio, an art studio, that can unlock creativity and passions that you would never have known about. We cross different thresholds every single day, for good and for ill, in joy and in sorrow, in bittersweet truth. Even our own front doors are a great threshold, no matter how many times we've crossed them. We might all really feel that right now because maybe we have crossed our own front doors a little less frequently over the past couple of years than we were used to. We got the sense that stepping out of our homes was a bigger adventure. I remember really clearly the first time we went to the grocery store after having been at home. And the grocery store was this big, wild adventure. New. Given that our lives are constantly changing, every day we open doors, familiar and new, old and modern, Doors we open with our hands and doors that open themselves. Only to step out into a world that is new since the day before. In this way, there is a new world waiting behind every door. Awaiting our discovery, if only we will encounter it as such.
Today, we ring this chime in solidarity with all of the people in the world who are not as fortunate as we, who have to deal with war, homelessness, and distress. This is a time for centering, for feeling grounded in your body. Maybe for you, that's best done with some deep breaths. Maybe deep breaths feel really awkward to you. And if they do, don't do them. Maybe what you need to feel centered is to stretch a little bit. Maybe you can roll your head around or flex your hands. Maybe you need to stand up, that's okay, you're allowed. Whatever it is that's gonna make you feel present, you're invited to do right now. And while you're doing it, I invite you to think through some things with me. Think about your feet on the floor, your body in a chair, the chair held up by the floor, the floor held up by its foundations, the ground under that floor. If it feels good to you, maybe imagine roots growing from your feet down into the ground, finding all of the nurturant, recording in progress, all of the nurturant elements that let trees and grasses grow outside, all of the nutrients and worms and creatures living and recongesting, redigesting the soil, making it new all the time holding us up as we walk around on a thin layer of crust and a big spinning ball of molten metal. And then maybe draw your attention upward, feel the water and the nutrients coming from the earth into you, if that feels good pulling up through your body, reaching up all the way to the top of your head, and then the top of your head going up towards the sky, past the ceiling to the clouds filled with condensed water that's been around and around the cycles of Earth, past the clouds, past the atmosphere, into the mystery of space, back and back into history, the exploding, unfolding, continual becoming of the universe. Know that you are part of that, that you are part of an explosion. 
you live in the creative power of combustion. On this little spinning ball, in this little spinning solar system, in this little spinning galaxy, among so many others. Feel for a moment that you are small, but significant. And come back down into your body, passing the clouds and the birds, and before all that, the satellites, the planes and helicopters and drones and every other technology we've put up there. Down back into yourself. And then feel your attention move out through your arms, out through your sides, connected to part of the people next to you, the people around you, a community built by one another, individuals forever changed by each other's presence and then let that go a little further. Out from this building into the neighborhood. Out from this building into the rest of DC and Montgomery County and Prince George's County and Maryland and Virginia, and Tennessee, and Kentucky. And further and further and further, forsaking all borders connecting the whole way around the planet with all living things. A piece of a great dance, a great song, the creative project that is being alive. And when you're ready, come back into your body. Come back home to you, knowing that you are grounded and rooted in the earth, a piece of a story so big you can't see it, a vital part of a community and a world still on its way. Thank you. And now we'll have a musical response.
by Howard Thurman again. Um, you probably wonder why I'm always doing Howard Thurman, but he was a mentor of my mother's when she was in school at Howard University. There is something in every one of you that wants and waits and listens for the sound of the genuine in yourself. It is the only true guide you will ever have. Follow the grain in your own wood. Thank you, Susan. That's what the other podium means. Before I begin, I want to tell you that Susan and I learned yesterday about a connection that we have through Howard Thurman. Howard Thurman was Susan's mother's mentor at Howard, and Howard Thurman was my mentor at Star King's mentor when he was at the Pacific School of Religion. In fact, the first place where anybody ever paid me to do this was the church that Howard Thurman founded in San Francisco, the Church for the Fellowship of All Peoples. So, a neat little through line. There is a door on the other side of our time together today. I like to imagine that the door is bright blue and shiny, like the one we saw during the Time for All Ages earlier. That would be fitting. There is a door on the other side of our time together today. The kind of door we know we're going through. The kind of door where not only do you make a choice, but a group of people makes a choice about what comes next, about where you are going. There's a door on the other side of our time together today, and none of us are ever going to be the same. It doesn't matter what happens. I'm sure we all have our preferred outcomes. But it doesn't matter what happens, there is no living in a world where that choice isn't made. There is no living in a world where that history didn't happen. Like so much of history, like all of history really, once it occurs, then it's done. And we all have to live in a world where that choice has been made. Sometimes we make these choices really big, right? We select a new senior leader. We elect a new president. We elect mayors and representatives. We move. We start or end relationships. We make commitments. Our governments go to war. Our governments provide aid. Our governments make legislation that helps or hinders us as people. And all of that 
happens is not possible to live in a world where it didn't happen. Certainly can be changed, right? There's no being locked into a decision forever. The world is too chaotic and variable for that. But we always have to live in a world where history happened, where we walked through all of the doors we walked through for better and for worse. Where we become aware of our fundamental vulnerability to one another and to one another's choices. Where it becomes obvious how much we are constructed by one another and by the world around us. In her book, Precarious Life, The Powers of Mourning and Violence, Judith Butler writes, relationality is not only a descriptive or historical fact of our formation, but also an ongoing normative dimension of our social and political lives one in which we are compelled to take stock of our interdependence. I love this book. This book changed my life completely when I first read it. And it's really saying something because it's a Judith Butler book that is extremely accessible. I hear that some of you are familiar Judith Butler's uh, most well-known work is a book called Gender Trouble, which lives kind of in that very Michel Foucault place of language wrapping around on itself in a way that makes your head hurt. Gender Trouble is well known for being a nearly impossible text to read. I'm pretty good at reading that stuff and Gender Trouble took me a long time. Precarious life is different. It's still academic, but it is accessible. And it is accessible in part because it is about vulnerability. It is about the ways in which we are fundamentally vulnerable to one another and the ways in which we make choices around how we respond to that fact when it appears to us. So Butler goes back and forth between this personal vulnerability, this personal interconnectedness, and a history of political violence, specifically the history of 9-11 and the American response to feeling vulnerable, which was massive, intense violence. We can see some examples of this habit in the American psyche in, I don't know, the last six years of our lives. A desire to say, no, I am powerful. Things are as I have understood them and no other way. A desire to respond to the real upset of vulnerability the actual fear that comes with the knowledge that people can affect you by violently pushing back. 
by making sure someone else feels the pain instead of you. Butler writes, let's face it, we're undone by each other. And if we're not, we're missing something. This seems so clearly the case with grief. But it can be so only because it was already the case with desire. One does not always stay intact. One may want to or manage to for a while, but despite one's best efforts, one is undone in the face of the other. By touch, by the scent, by the feel, by the prospect of the touch, by the memory of the feel. We are fundamentally undone by each other, and it is terrifying. It is very, very scary to know that you are about to change. I think maybe many of us have a little bit of anxiety in the day. I don't imagine I'm alone in that one. It's scary to know that you're going to walk through a door that will fundamentally change some relationships in your life, that will bring a new person into your world, that will bring a whole new location into my world. Change is terrifying. And we would love to believe that we can hold a line of what has always been on into the future. But that's not real, is it? We know better than that. In the early to mid 20th century, we really moved on from what is called a metaphysics of substance. Right? We learned about atoms and that we could manipulate them. And suddenly, the idea that there is an essential thingness to things flew out the window. And we never really caught up philosophically with that reality. In fact, physics has changed so much in the past century that our philosophy and theology are not caught up with it. A metaphysics of substance says that this is a podium because it has podiumness, that it is made of wood because wood has woodness. But we all know that somebody built this podium and that it could have been built from other wood or another material entirely and still been the podium that is right here. We know that you could take this apart and undo its podiumness. And if you had enough technology, you could take it apart at such a small level that you could put it back together as literally anything. You see around the world in ancient places and old, old buildings, grooves in stone stairs where people have walked for centuries, because stone isn't forever, is not permanent, 
People will talk about writing things in stone as though a stone has never been changed, but I have been to a river. I have seen stones broken by a stream, by a trickle, by a little bit of water that got inside and froze. There are metal statues. Often you see this in statues where there is a dog present in the statue, where years and years of people petting the statue dog have changed the color of the metal. You will find these kind of darkened statues and then a bright bronze dog. <laughs> Evidence that we change everything we touch. That our habits, like the flow of a stream, create what is real and next. That is a terrifying amount of power. Each of us is little, fundamentally. We are only, as far as we know, in the one body. We are only in the one experience of the world. We get a little over 100 years if we're lucky. But for the first 10 and last 10 of that, we probably aren't doing a lot. So we get, say, 90 years. 90 years and one set of eyes. 90 years and one body to experience the world in. And I don't know about you, but I've never figured out how to be multiple places or multiple people at the same time. And let's be real, I do multiplicity real well. You only get to be you in your body and if you do something again and again and again, you will build a groove in it. If I stood here and did that long enough, there would become dents in this podium. When I spoke my first paid Sunday morning in San Francisco at the pulpit where Howard Thurman somewhere where Angela Davis and Leslie Feinberg and so many important people, so many people who are important to me and to the communities I live in, had been. There were groups where you put your hands. Grooves that remind me constantly that I am made of everybody who came before me. Everybody I have ever known, and I am making everybody I know, everybody I have ever known. We are small, but we are powerful. And when we are together, whoo, more powerful yet. If a trickle of water can break a boulder, what does a whole river do? A whole river can cut up a mountain, can change a landscape dramatically. 
an activist movement, a collection of humans who care about something and choose to live differently can dramatically change the course of history. In fact, is perhaps the only thing that ever has. Octavia Butler writes in The Parable of the Sower, a poem called Earth Seed. Consider, we are born not with purpose, but with potential. All that you touch, you change. All that you change, changes you. The only lasting truth is change. So, there's a door on the other side of our time together today. And on the other side of that door is something none of us can predict, except the promise of becoming our next favorite selves. The possibility to love and care and learn together in the direction of each of our and everybody's flourishing. I use all of this language very intentionally. You will hear people talk about becoming your best self. Best sounds like something somebody else defined for you. Best sounds like something static that you can arrive at and now I am the best. I think we're all familiar with some people who think that they are the best. I don't gotta talk to you about who that is, great. <laughs> okay, so there's been some movement towards saying your favorite self. Better, better. But let me ask you, throughout the course of your life, have you had different favorite foods? Maybe a different favorite color? Different favorite places to go, activities? Yeah, you don't have one favorite self. You are not a static entity. No matter how new to the world or how long you've been here, you are still constantly changing. You will keep changing until your entropy runs out. And even then, the story of you isn't done until you're done being talked about. Your next favorite self. Who your next dream is. How you move from a place of desire, of your want for, a more beautiful, more just, more equitable world. Your need deep in your core, in your mushy humanness to come alive. Your next favorite self. Our next favorite selves. Our next favorite community. Ideally, our next favorite world, but you know, we'll see. And it's hard. I'm not gonna pretend that we're gonna open the door and bam, we are all our next favorite selves. Change takes time. 
You gotta give the water some time to work on the stone. So how do you do it? How do you let yourself change? Well, I will share some wisdom that I feel so deep, I got it tattooed on my body. I promise I won't always give platforms about my tattoos. <laughs> this is from a piece called Evidence by Alexis Pauline Gums. There's a short science fiction piece in which Alexis is writing to herself across time through a science fictional glitch in email technology. So Alexis's future self is writing emails to her past self. And she writes, counterpoetics, right? I am proud of you for being queer. I am proud of you for staying present to the meaning of your beliefs and to the consequences of your actions, even when they were crashing into each other every day. I am proud of you for letting the tide of your revolutionary heritage grind your fear of failure and lack to sand. I love you, the me that I was. But breathe deep, because this is the message. We did it. We shifted the paradigm. We rewrote the meaning of life with our living. And this is how we did it. We let go. And then we got scared and held on. And then we let go again of everything that would shackle us to sameness, of our deeply held belief that our lives could be measured or disconnected from anything. We let go and retaught ourselves to breathe the presence of the energy that we are that cannot be destroyed, but only transformed and transforming everything. Breathe deep, beloved, young, and frightened self, and then let go. And you will hold on. So then let go again. Breathe deep, beloved new friends. Beloved selves on your way to and from places I can't know yet. Breathe deep and let go. And you'll hold on again. And then you'll let go again. And we will practice together on the other side. This simple chant is by Dr. Issei Maria Barnwell. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the ones 
been waiting for. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the ones. We are the ones waiting. We are the ones. We are the ones waiting. We are the ones. We are the ones waiting. We are the ones. We are the ones waiting. We are the ones. We are the ones. We've been waiting. We are the ones, we are the ones, we've been waiting. And then there's a chant by, I believe, Amy Creedy that goes, All we need is He. 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 So let's put all of those elements together. Two, three, four. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the ones we've been waiting for we are the ones we are the ones we are the ones waiting we are the ones we are the ones we are the ones waiting we are the ones we are the ones waiting we are the ones we are the ones waiting for we are the ones we are the ones we are the ones we are the ones waiting Now is the time we add our own voices to today's platform. If you would like to make a short comment, please raise your hand and I will bring the mic around to you. Oh, they'll come to, okay. Hi, I'm Julie Grimes. It's so great to be back. Uh, she, her. As some of you may know, I like to t I teach Western philosophy at our homeschool co-op, and our kids were so happy to get out of metaphysics. Um, and if you also have heard, I know Peter has known this, but others too. Generally, I think of like everything that's happened bad in 
the Western world has come out of Plato. And Plato was the one, <laughs> in fact, who was so concerned with the thisness of things. And what it was is he wanted something to be ideal and perfect and unchanging. That was everything else around us was bad because it changed. And only this mystical, ideal world we could never get to will stay the same. And a lot of that was actually put forward in The Republic, which was a book that advocated for dictatorship and control of sexuality and all kinds of horrible things. So when we get stuck in these realms of unchangingness, maybe let's try not to be Plato. Well, as usual, I will uh, have a slightly different message from Julie, but I have to say, <laughs> I really love talking with Julie about philosophical issues. So one of, with the whole issue about unchanging, unchangingness is something that we want, okay? And what I have found is something that's important to me in my life is striving for excellence, okay? And in my striving for excellence, I have been fortunate enough to find a few times when I have been able to create something that then lasted, okay? And trying to do this is not bad, okay? Uh, the, the question is, when you create something that you thought was going to last, does it really? And if it doesn't, then just say, uh-oh, well, I guess it didn't last, okay? But if it does, then you say, ah, see, it's still there, and it's still good. All right, so thank you. Uh, we have a comment from Cynthia Goodman. Such extraordinary music from Leah today and an ex excellent platform from Casey. Much thanks to all. Uh, Michelle wrote, music is above all. Mark Mayer, oops, wow, a lot of self-examination. Thanks, Casey. Lynn Jen wrote, that was wonderful, Casey, thank you. And Nancy McGuire, such richness, so much to think about, Casey. Leah, I feel I have feasted at a banquet. I need to review the play Strange Loop before I turned into a platform, turn it into a platform. Okay, you can go ahead. Okay, uh, Paul Baker. Um, and I want to first admit that I didn't do my homework, so I'm listening to Casey and, you know, fresh voice. Uh, and I thought listening to you that uh, I think one of the crises we have in ethical culture is just defining who the hell we are. And I think there's going to be some seminars about that. And I, I liked in your speech the idea that who we are comes from us as a community, of course but also for like ancestors. We're not a blood community, but we read people, uh, we talk about people, we honor certain people in the past, and those are our ancestors. And I'd like to get back, to, you know, in the next year or whatever it takes to get back to roots. So I hope you, you, you will use your new mandate to uh, help us on that path, okay? Adam, he, him. I'll be very brief and say first, Julie. 
Peter will have to talk about it. Um, in fact, we will. Uh, I'm hoping to give a July platform um, in our break period um, on this topic of changeness and changing from from the context of philosophy and science fiction and the way that we can use concepts like transhumanism or other even more farther out sorts of things there to turn our gaze back on ourselves to understand how we make ourselves. Uh, and I'm really, really excited that was like the platform today because it makes it easy to just like use it as a lead in to what I'm hoping to go. What I wanted to hope to add today is to draw attention to a philosophical tradition that has deeply struggled with itself and very frequently failed at doing this well, Stoicism. People think of it, people have a word in their mind, Stoics, somebody who's dead-faced, not very interesting. And I want you to instead pause and reflect for a moment on this concept from, I believe Cicero, one of the Roman Stoics said, the sage is happy even on the rack, even in the midst of torture, in the midst of starvation, deprivation, the sage is happy. Not because they are feeling pretty good about themselves, but because they have the assurance that they have done as much as they can. They have made their favorite self. And it was part of what turned me into an atheist. Learning about stoicism, embracing stoicism, embracing the idea of change, being possible and good. And I'll talk more about that in July. But that was the idea of bringing in Stoicism as a philosophical tradition we can draw on in order to understand the permanence of change. Uh, Mark Mayer, oops, wow, a lot of self-examination due. Thanks, Casey. Lynn Jen wrote, this is a wonderful, this is, that was wonderful, Casey, thank you. Uh, Nancy McGuire, such richness, so much to think about, Casey. Leah, I feel like I've feasted at a banquet. I, need, I read a review of the play Strange Loop before I turned into a platform. Yes, a new senior leader creates some anxiety, but mostly it's exciting to move forward into our new era. Too many straps and glasses. Hi, I'm Dana. I use she and they pronouns, and um, I want to advocate for getting rid of racks and metaphorical racks rather than trying to be happy on them. But uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I came up here to talk about how I've been learning a lot about PTSD and complex PTSD because I have it, apparently. Um, and that about 10 years ago, I was introduced to the metaphor of like rewiring our brain that we're trying to make new connections so that our responses can differ from what we have learned over the many, many years that we've responded in the same ways we have. And I uh, have had trouble connecting with that metaphor, but the idea of water really appeals to me and making that connection between little drops of water eventually over time will build up and make new whole pathways for things to go. So thanks. While the next person comes up, Dorothy Broadman, yes, a new senior leader creates some anxiety, but mostly it's exciting to move forward into our new era with new possibilities. Looking forward to seeing where we go together. Uh, Barbara Nathanson, loved 
that talk, Casey, the wisdom of letting go and also the holding on is part of the process and then letting go again. Lots of insight. Hey everybody, I'm Robin. I use she, her pronouns. Um, I am reminded how being around everybody really fulfills my extroverted soul. So thank you everybody for coming in person. Hey everybody online, there's still room. Um, what I wanted to say, and I wanna, I wanna thank you, Casey, because what you don't totally know, and um, I think you're gonna get to find out, is I have a bit of a challenge in my family where my son is pretty sick and he's currently in a therapeutic boarding school. That's been really hard um, for folks that have been here for a few years know that it's been a roller coaster getting treatment. Um, but I took the thought of change today and thought where he is now is not a permanent place. There will be a door that will open for him. Um, and so many of you all have helped us open that door. You know the challenges we faced in like the last couple of months. Um, so I just wanted to say thank you um, for giving us the space for giving us the path to give him a doorway to possibly heal. So, thank you. I just want to say I'm technologically con uh, something and I just lost it. So, uh... hello, I'm Kao, she, her. Um, and I just wanted to say thank you. The poetry and the brilliance of this platform really inspired me. And as someone who has tried to explain Judith Butler to students for a number of years, <laughs> I stand amazed um, at what Casey has done. Um, I am just so thrilled with today's platform and I'm so thrilled um, to see all of you and to open new doors and to be the drip, the drop, the river that flows, uh, the poetry of all that's going to come. So um, thank you. Abby says, I was so glad Octavia Butler came up since it, I was hearing her poetry in my head, the whole platform. So amused that Casey mentioned another one about Octavia Butler. Judy Ohm, I'm going to copy and paste your comments. Fingers crossed for you and your family, Robin. Tech team, you probably don't no, we can see the speakers now. Only Susan Runner. That's the bad thing. Okay, next. <laughs> yeah, hi, Jeff. He, him, his. Like uh, K.O. and everybody else that wears glasses and masks, I've got the same problem. Um, when you mentioned Doors, Casey, I started, I was reminded of a novel by one of my favorite writers, a man named Tim Dorsey. And he writes these really dark humor books. Uh, they all take place in the state of Florida, which ought to be a tip-off right there. <laughs> and it concerned the, the novel in question, I can't remember the title, I have to go back and look. Um, but it concerns a door. And that's how the novel opens up at a motel around Orlando. And a vacationing couple from the Midwest sees a door in their hotel room, motel room that you know, leads to the other units in case you want to have them on suite. And I think the woman, the wife of this couple says, oh, let's see what's on the other side, opens up the door and walks into the middle of a drug deal. And this just inspires a cascading series of events uh, with some very dark humor. 
And I also started thinking about the, the drops in the water and how many times either in natural events or, or human-caused events where there's just this one little thing that happens that sets everything in motion. And, and you don't know what is going to happen the minute it is done, but then, you know, things happen. And I think that's the story of life. Things happen and we're not in control and it's never going to be the same. And anybody who says otherwise, I think is full of it. Okay. Doors also closed. This is from Loretta Newman. While this platform was going on, I just got a phone call that a dear friend died. Fortunately, fortunately we had an e he had an easy painless death and surround was surrounded by family. Hi, I don't really know how to follow that up. Um, uh, I'm Tegan, they, them. Um, I just wanted to say um, this was really inspiring to me because uh, I was recently in the hospital and while I was there, I knew logically I would get out quickly, but I was just sitting there thinking constantly, like I'm never gonna get out of this. This is gonna be my life forever. Um, even though I was there for like a week. Um, but now having come out of that um some really incredible things have happened in my life lately and it's just all turned around for the better and i have no idea the person i'm becoming but um it's really exciting and i think that the core of ethical cultures like ideal of growth and change is embracing that fear um and letting yourself change also the music was really good <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Uh, we will now have our closing song. No. Share the plate. I'm sorry. Share the plate. I am, I am a disaster today, but I'm nervous. <laughs> but share the plate. We will have music for share the plate. And the share the plate is in the back.
just as a, one other comment, uh, the share of the plate today goes to the Rock Creek Conservancy, the only organization that dedicated solely to Rock Creek and its parks lands as a natural oasis for all people to appreciate and protect. So that's really important for us today. Any other sharing? All words, we're good. Shall we? I appreciate the tech team. I appreciate you all from being here. It looks almost like a, a regular old platform again. <laughs> a few more people. And uh, I appreciate Casey for her wonderful platform as well. So we will have one more musical response and we'll be set. Thank you for putting up with me today. <laughs> Something within embraces the ocean. Something within melts into the shore. Something within stands still like a mountain. And we become one with them. Every day, every day, every day wonder. Every day, every day, every day one something within cries out to the heavens. Something within belongs to the sea. Something within seeks hope in the desert. Because we are one with them. Every day, every day, every day wonder. Every day, every day, every day one. Every day, every day, every day wonder. Every day, every day, every day one. Something within, in awe of an infant. Something within, in love with the stars. Something within, is blooming in moonlight. This beauty is who we are. Every day, every day, every day wonder. Every day, every day one. Every day, every day, every day wonder. Every day, every day, every day one. A couple of other short announcements. Alan Cole will meet today after the membership meeting. Global Connection is connect collecting toothbrushes and toothpastes and other supplies for El Salvador. Pam Williams will be in the lobby with containers. Uh, and save the date for the reunion field day on May 14th. Shall we say our closing words? Let us go in. Let us go into the week ahead with compassion, understanding, and commitment, nurturing beauty within us, among us, and beyond us.
for the hearts and for our quest for a better world. Thank you.